0: All right, folks, good morning, happy March 8th, all right, it's March 8th, can you imagine that, this is the uh, third month of the, fourth quarter, of the first quarter, so we're, we're three weeks away from finishing the first quarter, I hope everybody's on track, doing what you're supposed to be doing, having all kinds of goodies, I know the offers out there, is, uh, they're crazy, you know, today, uh, people say, well, I have a buyer, I go, well, that doesn't, mean you, that doesn't mean anything, unless they're willing to do what it takes to get you know, a property under contract. But having a listing, you're the champ. <laughs> all right, so good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today?
1: Good morning, hey. Great.
0: Hey, there we are. There we are. Everybody's there. I love it. Okay, you're all there. All of you. Good. Okay, so <laughs> we are very fortunate today. I had to uh do that crazy thing called muting you. So we everybody's been muted. We are very fortunate today from the Camelback office. He's a manager out of the Camelback office, was an agent there first, now a manager. Todd Lee. Todd, if you could hit um, star six on your phone now, that'd be awesome. Unmutify. Good morning. Here he is. Man, myth, legend. All right, Todd. So, <laughs> so do us a favor. I mean, you're know, I mean, you from Arizona. A lot of people from Arizona know who you are, but California, Nevada, tell them a little about yourself how long you've been in the business, and maybe about a little bit about your jump to management, too.
1: All right. I'd love to. All right. So, um, as Rick said, Todd Lee, I am the branch manager for our Camelback office here in Phoenix, Arizona, 32nd Street in Camelback. We are, uh, we've got a, a fantastic location where we're at here. We're right between the two sections called Biltmore and Arcadia, two very affluent areas of the valley and right next to Paradise Valley. So, that's where we're located. Um, I've been with... Well, Prudential slash Berkshire Hathaway my whole career. I got my license in 2003 and started working for a Prudential franchise here in town. Um, worked for them for several years and then decided I needed to make a jump to a better Prudential company, so I ended up coming over to Prudential, Ar- Prudential Arizona properties at that point. And then, as everybody knows who's been with uh, Berkshire Hathaway for a while, Prudential merged into Berkshire Hathaway. Mark bought the company and then... Uh, Oh, a year or two later on, we uh, moved over to the uh, Berkshire Hathaway franchise, and seamless transition. It's the same company, same you know, the same philosophy behind the whole thing. And I've really enjoyed the the company and just just their whole the way they deal with people and and their whole thought and outlook on how to build a business. So that was uh, awesome. Yeah. That was neat. As an agent. And, and when Don,
0: when Don left, because Don was your manager, when she left, yep. she was the one that recommended you, um, like, uh, leaps and bounds over everybody else to be the manager of the office. Too,
1: yeah. It was, it was kind of funny the way it happened. It, like I said, I'd been an agent forever and I, I was a, a successful agent. I was never a superstar, yeah. but I was a successful agent. And, uh, it was October of 2019 the branch manager here Don Seagren who uh, had been here for about five years did a fantastic job with this office she had decided great. that she wanted to take a little time and spend some time with her grandkids and daughter and wanted to move off into another opportunity so <clears throat> she had she called me it, it was funny I just had uh, just had left the dentist office gotten my teeth cleaned and I was Just left the dentist office and I got this phone call from Dawn and she said, hey, have you ever thought about management? And I said, well, kind of, but really hadn't ever pursued it or anything. And she said, well, I think you should talk to Charlie McLean. I think you, you should do it right away. So I thought it was kind of strange and so I gave Charlie a call and he said, yeah, come on over. So I went over and met with Charlie and he was explaining to me some opportunities that were happening within the company and he said, yeah, I think you would be a good fit. And I had said, well, I hope it's not to replace Dawn. I really enjoy working with her. And he got quiet and didn't say anything. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. Then I, at that point, it was, I was pretty sure I knew what was happening. So as soon as I <laughs> left my meeting with, with uh, Charlie, I called Dawn and I said, you're leaving me, aren't you? And she said, yes. And so she revealed at that point what was going on. And about from there, I, I went and, and had a short conversation with my wife and said, "Hey, what would you think about this if I moved from an agent to a manager's role?" And she was on board. So that was kind of the final piece for me. I was on board, and a couple hours later, I had a phone call with Mark Stark, and uh, it was uh, about a half an hour conversation, the man. and I, we had a, a real good agreement that that was probably the best thing. So I went from being an agent and just kind of having a you know my own little carefree business to. Uh, being of the branch manager in a matter of about three hours.
0: <laughs> mm. Yep. You know, it's funny you say that because um, I was at, uh, you know, I'm Mike Ferry, as you know, and I met with Mark a couple times. And when the merger happened, uh, Warren Buffett bought, buys Prudential, turns it into Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Mark Stark is the owner of, you know, the region there, the region here and parts of California. I was like, well, at the time, uh, California, had, I mean, Arizona, he had just bought. And then California, we had nothing, and then all that's acquired since I've I've been here. So we've doubled in size, really. And then the acquisition with Tarbell, it's been really a. I just and I just knew just by Mark's personality, what he already had going. What the I just knew it was going to be a massive home run. And uh, obviously, uh, Todd, you've done a fabulous job with that office since you've been managing it, and you still do some deals too, don't you?
1: I do. Actually, actually, yeah. Um... I'm a non-competing manager, which means I don't go out and look for new business. If if business comes to me, great. But, uh, yeah, I still do probably four or five, at least four or five transactions a year. I've got actually two in escrow right now. So it it helps keep me, you know, keeps me current with what's going on, and it it gives you a little bit more relatability to the agents as well, I think.
0: I think so. I think so, too. Yep. Yep, I love it. All right, cool. All right, so so tell me this. Okay, so as an agent – All right, so you're a real estate agent. And, you know, just so you know, we don't normally pick one of the top producers in the office (laughs) to become the manager. We try to steal them from other companies. Obviously, it's our first pick. (laughs) Or I shouldn't say steal. I should say offer other uh, agents or other managers opportunities, yes. But um, so this is what I – I think this would be valuable for them to hear. So you have one perception of real estate as a real estate agent, right? You have another one as a manager. So what have you learned – In that transition
1: how stupid I was as an agent really (laughs) you know I I look back at my real estate career now as as a manager in this office and I see the opportunities and everything that we have available (laughs) as an agent and I'm I'm looking at myself going I should have made probably four times the amount of money that I made as an agent if I had just sat down and, and did what I needed to do
0: I know it's crazy, and I, I believe part of that is what you're talking about is all the tools that we have in the VAC 2.0, and a lot of agents don't even know what's in there. What, I, I, when I'm on a, a coaching call, now this hasn't happened in a while because when I started with the company, the VAC was good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now the VAC 2.0 is borderline ballistic, crazy awesome, and if you're not using it, but people used to say things to me like, what's the VAC? You keep saying VAC, what does that mean? I'm like, oh, my God. But when I first started, I could somewhat understand. But right now, if you're not using it, you're just not paying attention, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you don't know what the VAC is at this point, you have really no idea. You have no idea what you're missing and what opportunities lay in wait for you if you just take a little bit of time and figure out how to use it, how to use the tools that are available to you.
0: Perfect. All right. So lead into a great question. So I'm a real estate agent. So now you have experience as a top agent, obviously, been in the business for a while, very experienced, and you know from a management standpoint. So if you were an agent, knowing what you know now, this is in my top three, by the way, what would be your favorite, like, how would you set it up and what would you use?
1: Um, the, probably the, my favorite tool with, within uh, the VAC right now is Apex, the Apex Concierge Service. The, ah. uh,
0: Especially where you're and, and I
1: actually, I'm in the process. I've got one that closes Wednesday this week where um, I used Apex. I had them come in and meet with me and, and my friend who was selling her house. And uh, this property was, she'd lived in it for about 20 years. And she was a meticulous housekeeper. I mean, very good with keeping up with maintenance and, you know, doing things, but just really had not updated the house. So it was a perfect candidate for the fix-it and really realize the flip value of your home. And we put $18,000 into it and it's going to close. She's gonna net probably three times the investment that she put into it, more than what it would have had she not put the money into it. So, the, the Apex Concierge Service, I think, if you're not using Apex, you really need to understand all the benefits. I mean, that's just one piece of Apex. There's complex layers to this thing and it's extremely fluid. I actually had a conversation a week or so ago with Fred Bin, who is uh, the owner-CEO. I don't even know his real title with, with Apex, but he, he owns and runs Apex. Um, had a great conversation with yeah. him on an idea that I had for, a, for another client of mine, a friend of mine that was looking for a house. Ran this idea by Fred. He goes, you know, that's a great idea. We've got a pilot program that's kind of using this right now, but absolutely, we can do what you want to do. So, I mean, nice. if you have these crazy ideas that might work, you can always run them by them, and they're very fluid and very adaptable to whatever we need. Love it.
0: Yeah, and just to, just to, just to be clear, too, the $18,000, she didn't have to come up with, but she committed, and they did, and it came out of her proceeds, but she was able to get more proceeds because of the
1: investment. Exactly, yeah. She, there was yeah. $18,000 worth of updating that were done to the house. She has not paid a penny of that up front. Right. That's all going to be paid yeah. out of I knew what you meant. Personal. I just wanted to clarify. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. I mean, and, and that's just one.
1: Yeah. That's just
0: one. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and you yeah, there's, should, there's, every one of us should be working with a killer CRM. You know, another one yep. is that's, so that's one of the major tools, you know, yes. and, and we still have all the other ones. One of my favorites from my, from my, from my sphere is the neighborhood report. Love that.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's in my top three. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Cool. Anything else you'd like to mention?
1: Um, you know, just if you if you tried the CRM when the, when this came out last June, if you tried the CRM at that point, I can totally relate to you about how frustrating it was. It was not. It was kind of clunky at that point and it really wasn't very user friendly. But they have uh, have made several rounds of changes to the CRM. It's much more user friendly. They just yeah. recently, as in last week, did some more adjustments to it to make it even more user friendly. So. If you had tried it before and weren't really happy with it, give it another shot and see if it, if it works better for you now.
0: Good. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so other than I, – because I, I don't want them to think that we're just trying to – because, I, I mean, I don't know why anybody wouldn't be using it. But what about, like, uh, just functionally as a real estate agent switched over to management? You mentioned that, you know, how stupid you were as an agent. So what else have you noticed uh, that is something that you should have implemented right away?
1: You know, I, I think just – and really, I, I, this, the whole VAC, everything is great there, and with the, the tools there are amazing. And just that portion of it alone, if I had utilized parts of what we had there, I know I would have more than more than doubled, probably tripled my business. But outside of that, really taking advantage of of things like your coaching calls and your training classes, mm-hmm. the the RE Success Series courses that you have, I know that um, when I when I started and I was kind of going through a rough patch when I had moved over to to this company and um, at the time John joseph was the was head yeah. of your position and he was doing the training and John had a um, a program similar to yours he called it restart and for me, yeah. I had become very stale and and really was kind of stagnant in my real estate career and I was struggling trying to figure out what to do and how to really make my business work and i Stepped into his restart class, and it was about three classes into his into the restart series, and the light bulb flashed. And mm. I, I hope and pray that every one of you agents out there at some point has that flash moment where the light bulb goes on and you realize really what you're doing. At that that mm. moment for me came when I realized this is a job. This is not a job. It's a business, and running it like a business. That was my light bulb flash moment realizing that I needed to take control of the finances part of it. I needed to take control of what I was spending, where I was spending it. More than that, I needed to take control of how much time I was spending on a daily basis in my business. And that was that. was a big flashpoint for me.
0: Great. Yeah, knowing your numbers, keeping track, and you're very detailed now, but a lot of agents don't start out that way. Because, okay, so what people have to understand is what makes you a great salesperson isn't always conducive with being the best business person, but you got to learn both. You got to.
1: That's it. Yeah, and or, I was I was a really good salesperson, really good sale. Yeah. I can I can sell ice cubes to Eskimos. I'm I'm I can do sales, but running the business yeah. part of it was really what I just didn't I didn't grasp until until mm-hmm. I got that piece of it.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's so true, and that's why either you learn it or you get an assistant right away to keep you uh, on track. So that's what I did. I was very fortunate. After a year and a half, two years in the business, because I was horrific, horrendous. You couldn't even read my writing. And remember, when I started <laughs> in the business, everything was on three forms, and you had to handwrite all your MLS forms, and people were like, Rick, we can't read this. What is this? Yep. What does that mean? And I have Press to... Press hard. You know, you've got to reach the bottom
1: it. copy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. That's why today, even today, if I can, uh, like, I don't like typing, I don't like writing, if I can dictate, which I can, emails through my phone, that's way better.
1: Yeah. All right. You know, so, okay, I, so I highly suggest take advantage of, a, of an assistant, a virtual assistant, or even you know, just yeah. hiring an assistant. If you're a person who doesn't like the paperwork piece of it, don't do the paperwork part of it. You can get somebody to do the paperwork piece, but do the stuff that you love. Do the things that, help, that are going to help you build your business.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's how I – you know, that point you just mentioned right there, I learned from 1989. And I said to myself, that's it? Okay, I'm going to do – and, and let, me, let me tell you something. Um, I didn't love prospecting right away. I made myself fall in love with it. And when I fell in love with it was when I started cashing checks, okay, and I started beating <laughs> everybody in my office. I was 26 years old. Everybody thought I must have been breaking rules. That's when you know you're getting a compliment. They, they want to find you doing something unethically because you're really outperforming people around you. And the only thing was, you know, the only difference was I was willing to prospect every day and most agents weren't at that time. I mean, when I started prospecting expireds, no one had done it in my area. I was like not looked highly upon for prospecting expired listings at first. But, yay, you know what? If you're willing to do the things that other people aren't, get good at them. You know, let's face it. Anything with repetition, you can actually, you know, grow to like it, if not love it. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yep. Okay, so, all right, anything else you want to mention above that before I move on to a, a different area?
1: Uh, what, just one other thing that I would really sure. highly suggest you do, and it's taking control of your schedule. And that's, for me, uh, it's it's been time blocking was really a big piece of what I needed to do. And, again, that's part of your business. When is your business open? When are You know, know what your prospecting time is. Know when you're going to be going out and showing houses or, you know, going out and running appointments, that kind of thing. Time block and set those things Set those things down and, you know, really take them seriously. Mm.
0: I agree. The time block schedule to me is, is critical. And, uh, yeah, and just for everybody knows, I'm doing success series next week, okay, okay. Monday to Friday. Yep. And, and here's the good news, everybody, in Arizona. It's the same time now. Woo-hoo. Sunday we change the clocks. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Praise the Lord. Because I, I do not so you're doing it next event week, event.
1: and we also have our awards, um, awards banquet next week.
0: Right, but I'm in the afternoon, one to four. Yep. Right. Yeah, And then the following week's the convention. Everybody should be signed up to a free convention online.
1: Yeah. Maybe it makes sense not to be. <laughs> you, and it has to be done. Today's the 8th, isn't it? By today, it has to be, you have to be registered by today, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah so today's the day, so get it done, people.
1: You've got yep. so many
0: great things. you got that coming up. You've got success series coming up next week, one to four in all three markets. Uh, it'll be on Zoom for you Nevada CE people, and it'll be uh, on Google Hangouts for everybody else. And I'm even doing it live at the St. Rose office for the people who, who want to do live with masks on. Hey, nice. we're here to accommodate everybody. <laughs> and I, would, I have to say something. The last one I did two weeks ago, I had 70-something people on there. So that's not bad, right? That's, that's not bad. Pretty, that's pretty that's good. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to have 150. Like when we did the Mike Ferry thing, 160 people were on there. Okay, so Tony Smith, wow. he was great. But yeah, all right. So here we go. This is my favorite question, though. So now everything incorporated. All right, you're a top agent, uh, great manager. You want to take your, you want to give these guys the top three points with your experience to be successful in this business. What would they be?
1: Top three points to be successful. I think. First and foremost, I think, was what we just talked about there is time blocking. Get yourself a schedule. Okay. Follow your schedule. Um, find a way to prospect that you enjoy. And okay. the third thing is, is setting up a system so that you have a set way that you're going to do every piece of your business, whether it's a listing or whether it's dealing with buyers or if you are a person who deals with rentals, whatever it is, whatever whatever piece that you're going after, have a system set up for it so that you can consistently run your business.
0: Okay, and then you said system. Okay, so, so by time blocking. Yep. Okay, so how serious do you take the time blocking?
1: Extremely. I, I mean, if you okay. look at my schedule right now, I have time blocks for, for things that I, that I do every week. Every week I have certain meetings set up at certain times. Um, every afternoon between a certain time and a certain time is when I like to call and talk to other agents and find out what's going on in their business. So that's, that's it's a very serious piece with me. And I know that it's kind of like Mark. You know, everybody here knows that Mark's going to call you on your birthday. So right. Mark has that set into his calendar. He has to make those phone calls every day. That's non-negotiable. I mean, he can't right. call you tomorrow if your birthday is today. It doesn't mean anything. So those phone calls have to be made. Think of that as your business. Do that same thing in your business. These are things that I have to do today, and I, they have to be done today. There's no other way around right. it. Make them a priority. Hey,
0: Todd. And just to interrupt for a second. He does that every day, like Saturdays, yes. Sundays. He's on vacation. My birthday is Christmas Day. He calls me on Christmas Day. Okay, so he does them every day, holidays, yep. Saturdays. That's In some days there's seven, and some days there's forty. <laughs> we have 4,600 yep. agents. So yeah. I mean, some days it takes him. Uh, think about that. How many of you have made forty contacts in a day?
1: <laughs> think about that. Right. And when you think of those so. conversations, that conversation that you have with Mark, it's never just, hey, happy birthday, hope you have a great day and hang up. That's not right. the phone call that you get from Mark. So, it's, yeah, it's every every time he calls somebody, it's a meaningful conversation with him. So, yeah, that's I, I find that remarkable. It's just amazing to me that he's able to get that pulled off.
0: Yeah, I love when he tells me, he, I hope you're doing something special. I go, well, it is Christmas, Mark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Usually I'm in New
0: England except for this year. No, he's funny. It's always about the same time, too. All
1: yeah. right.
0: So, oh, so, so time blocking. Now, time blocking, Now, was it. Okay, guys. Uh, we both understand that, you know, uh, I'm in Arizona, California, or Nevada, and I get a buyer who's from out of state. They're going to spend 12 hours picking them up at the airport at 7, dropping them back off at 7, and they're buying a house. Well, of course, you might sacrifice your schedule that day. Yeah. But we're talking percentage-wise, like 80 yeah. to 90% of the time, you could be on schedule, and when you get off, it's kind of like when you start a new diet, if you blow a day, so what? Get right back on it. Same with your schedule,
1: right? Exactly. Don't kill yourself if you miss a day. I mean, don't, you know, you feel guilty <laughs> about it because you should. You should feel a little yes. guilty about not following your schedule if you don't get it, get it done that day. But, yeah, don't, don't kill yourself over it. It's like, that's all right, let's, I, I missed that day, but that's all right. I'm going to make up for it tomorrow.
0: Yes. Okay, good. Good. And then you said your second one was prospecting. So give them a couple ideas. of, yep. Like, what was your favorite type of prospecting?
1: My favorite way to prospect, and it's, I'm a social person. I'm a very social person. So what I did is, is uh, I got involved in several golf groups. And uh, I, that's where I would do a lot of my, my social interacting. And I prospected through those. Um, everybody who I golfed with, everybody that I was on a social committee with, they knew what I did. It wasn't like I went there with the intent of I'm going in there and i'm I'm going to you know make sure that I talk about real estate to everybody. They would talk to me about real estate and they will they still do they ask me what's going on in the market what's happening so everybody knows what I do, and that's that's a big key piece of it there for me that was that was the biggest part of my prospecting and it was it's kind of passive but it's also kind of active so I love to play golf, so I would play golf once or twice a week I'd go out and play golf and and i would I would have people that I would golf with on a, on a regular basis, but I would also try to make sure that once in a while I would go out and not have somebody I was going to golf with and just go out right. and get paired up with somebody else and be able to talk to them about it.
0: That's a great idea. I love it. Awesome. Okay, cool. Any other type of prospecting that you'd like to mention?
1: Um, you know, there's – I like farming. I think that farming okay. has, a, has a great a, – a great piece in, in what we do, um, becoming an expert on, on an area or a niche or whatever it is that you're looking for. So if it's a group of people or if it's a geographical area, but farming to that and, and knowing how you're going to go about it, whether it's going to be with sending neighborhood reports or whether you're going to go door knocking or whatever it is that you're going to do, having, having that, that niche and that group of people that you are going to, to actively market to I got you.
0: Okay. Yeah. You see, you get that reciprocal benefit and you know, especially yep. where you're located with a seven, 8% average turnover rate. I, I was there that day right. that Noel did the presentation and she's like, yeah, you know, it's i I'm like, wow, that's very consistent with Nevada yeah. too. Now California is lower, but the average sale prices are twice as high. So that's, yeah. it makes it worth it no matter where you where you're located. And then once again, I know I'm, I know I'm a company guy, but our company tools for doing a farm, you know, is, inc- are incredible. Now, I coach a few agents, you know, uh, uh, Rochelle Vinoy being one of them. She does farming activities around her listings and sales, okay, to farm all business yeah. from it. It doesn't matter. Yep. Geographic or, you know, you can do a specific to around your listings and sales, but the activities that we're talking about, just listed, just sold, market reports, uh, newsletters, you can really have an incredible database if you stretch that out, right?
1: Well, yeah, you and Mark talk about, you know, really taking advantage of your other transactions and each listing that you have should be three transactions each listing right. you take should have three transactions and if if you if you leverage yourself if you leverage your listings or if you leverage your sales into other transactions that's really another a big piece a, a big way to to really grow your business okay cool love it all right good
0: and systems. I'm assuming you're meaning doing the same thing, the same time, the same way, so you become more efficient and effective at it. Correct?
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And just just knowing that you know, if I take a listing, this I I fill out my paperwork, I I do that, but then everything that follows is all just in line. It's all just kind of automatic, and that's it becomes a no-brainer where you really don't have to think about it. I take a new listing, or if I make a sale these things are all going to happen. So creating those systems so that this happens every time, that consistency will help you to, to generate more business as well.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I think that people should have a, like a manual, you know. So when Absolutely. you do get an assistant, right, you, everything is manualized, every step. Like I jokingly talk to my son who's 16 and I, who lives with me, the only one who lives with me, and, and I say, get in the shower, turn the water on, use soap rinse i mean sometimes but when you write it all down like that okay you know you you realize okay that could be better at this and then you you fine-tune it fine-tune it next thing you know you have an incredible manual for an assistant or anybody else that uh you know you may end up working with
1: well and it's 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 a living breathing you know piece i mean that that's it's it's going to change as we get new tools or as you know the market changes that it's always going to be you know, moving and adjustable, but you know, and when you first get started, I would, I would suggest that you write it all down, make yourself a checklist. This is what I do here, this is what I do next, this happens next, this happens next, and check them off. And then once you right. get used to doing it, then it, it becomes automatic and you'll no longer need the checklist. But to start with, just so you don't miss what you want to do, make a checklist of the things that you want to do. Once you take a listing or you know, once you get a, a house under contract with the buyer, these are the things that I do next. And make yourself a checklist.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Awesome, Todd. Any final thoughts you want to leave these lovely people today?
1: Um, nothing. No no real gems are coming to mind. Just uh, stay with mindset? it, guys. I know right now it is it is really tough yeah. out there. The market's brutal, yeah. especially here in Arizona. It's brutal for buyers right now. It's, it's brutal for listing agents. But uh, communication with the other side is key, I think, to getting your contracts accepted and to really understanding the other side and what's going on. Just have good communication with the other agent.
0: I love it, too. And it's funny because um, uh, one of uh, Eric Stein from uh, Goodyear office said to me today, uh, you know, because, you know, it's it, when you're, how, how do you coach somebody to make a 12% offer? The house is 350. People are making, you know, 400, 4, 410 offers on yeah. property. Is that a good idea? I'm like, It's a better idea than the alternative because when you own that property in Arizona in Goodyear or Littrell Parker, you're still paying less because the interest rates are incredible than you would if you were renting the same place. Now, that's not true in California. Arizona, it's true. Nevada, it's true. But it's not going to last forever. Okay, so it's still – I guess the basic question was, is it it still an incredible time to buy? Yes, it is. I mean – You know, people ask me, is it the best time to buy? I go, well, the best time was five years ago. But since we can't fly against the Earth's rotation and turn back time, like Superman, uh, now (laughs) is the best time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right? Absolutely.
0: All right, my man. Todd, thank you very much for your time this morning. This was incredibly helpful. I really appreciate it. Everybody else will do this again in a week. Keep rocking, everyone. Thanks, Todd.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Rick. You got it, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye.